As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Knife Talk podcast. Knife Talk podcast. That's what we are on Instagram. You can find us there. I swear to God, not just Knife Talk, but Knife Talk podcast. I'm Marco Malmasi. I just got back from a bike ride about half an hour ago, and I'm still huffing and puffing. Because I'm fat and out of weight. <laughs> out of weight? Out of shape. <laughs> Anyways, I'm here with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. We're here to talk knives, answer questions, give each other a hard time, uh, accept your unsolicited advice, all that good stuff. Uh, but we're going to kick it off with how the past week, uh, past couple weeks have been, actually, because the last episode uh, was the International Women's Day with uh with our friend miss loftus snives on instagram who killed it holly was the best she killed it great I thought it was job. So yeah i want to hear all of those episodes in full length like i want to hear everything they talked about it's too bad that they had to get shortened down but it was good stuff holly, I liked it. holly worked like a dog yeah to all the new listeners who are listening to pot knife talk for the first time because you thought that it was going to be holly did a great job Get ready for a drop off. It's going to be like, I mean, she did such a huge job. It was shocking. Yeah. It was. And I know that she, there was other makers that she'd actually record. And again, these were all two hour conversations with each maker. Um, but unfortunately, she lost the audio. So as much as that episode was jam packed, there is more. And I think she has managed to sort of find the lost tapes. So there may oh. be a lost tapes version coming at some point, which would be quite nice. Yeah. She's such a she did such a good job. For her first yeah. podcast, the first time interviewing, she interviewed all these wonderful makers. It was the the the, the peop, people were coming out of the woodworks on this on this episode. She did an awesome job. So yeah. if you're here for, for that, prepare yourself. There's <laughs> gonna be some dick jokes thrown in this. It's a long <laughs> way down. <laughs> this is quite a step off. Thanks again, Holly, for that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's been two weeks since we've spoken. 
Um, and it, it does still feel as if it was just three or four days. The weeks are flying by at the moment. Right. Um, what we've been up to? Um, Mareko, what, uh, what have you been up to for two weeks now? Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, besides trying to cut my hand off and uh, <laughs> getting knives mailed out. Right now, I'm actually I'm going to work kind of backwards because I suck at going back two weeks and trying to remember stuff. So right now, I'm working on a Saya uh, for build... Um, and then I'm going to get back to the hand sanding on that thing. I've been doing my size lately with a, like a leather lining on the inside. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, and I think it adds just like that little extra something to the size because mm. most often they're, they're just wood, which is great. But I don't know. I feel like lining them with a little bit of like beautiful black garment leather helps kind of step that up a little bit. So I'm working on that. Yeah, hey baby. And then I uh, let's see. I posted up. I posted up a knife the other day, uh, that was that headed out uh, the door. It's headed. Actually, I just shipped it yesterday to Australia. Um, a lot of really positive feedback. That was really nice. Thank you everybody for your kind words. Um, oh yeah, and I also so I I cut into my the the ring finger and middle finger on my right or sorry on my left hand. Um, my the the blower I have for my grinding room that circulates the air out it's right over the top of my grinder because the idea is like I'm grinding the dust is making a mess and it's going right out the blower essentially uh, I I was grinding and I was only like a few seconds in I was like shit my blower's not on so I, I reach over like I've done hundreds of times turned it on and my grinder's still going and I'm bringing my hand back and I punch basically punched the side of my grinder uh, with a 36 grip belts on it going oh. pretty fast <laughs> and uh, it was actually even it was also tracked over so it's like all the worst things that could have been going for me uh and uh, i grabbed it wrapped it up just like you know i get little nicks and cuts and dings whatever all over the place i feel like i'm talking about a used car uh <laughs> but uh, um and i held on to it and looked at it after a couple seconds and usually other cuts, like you put some pressure on it for a minute or so, and it kind of stops. This one just started bleeding profusely again. I was like, I think I might actually need to get stitches for this one. <laughs> I gave it a little oh. bit more time, and then finally I made the call. Unfortunately, I have a urgent care facility just around the corner from my shop. Um, and I, I was in and out of there in about half an hour. Um, yeah, they had to get in because, you know, it was dirty cut from the dirty uh, grinding room. And so they had to, like pull back the, sorry this is graphic but pull back the skin and get in there with like the iodine oh. and soap and stuff and oh it was it was an unpleasant feeling for sure <laughs> was it on your dominant hand no it's on my non dominant so i'm right-handed and it's on my left hand um which is fortunate but it's still awkward and what sucks is because i got the stitches and it's right kind of like right on my knuckle you can't really make a fist with with the that hand because it's gonna you know stretch and pull on stretch. the stitches oh. and uh so i can't do any forging really i i might be able to start doing some grinding a little in the next day or two um but i've been kind of basically worthless um and so the sire work has been nice just because i don't it's not it's not super like uh I don't know what to, I don't know what to call it, but just you know, it's it's easier, it's more accessible and easier for me to do with my gimp hand. Or not, I guess it's not completely gimp, but you know, my out of out of <laughs> service. <laughs> and so, uh, but other than that, it's just been the same normal knife making stuff. Um, yeah, so that's that's, well, that's been that's a 
terrible thing to happen, but it for is sure. a great advert for combat abrasives. It is. Those yeah, 36 right shredders, <laughs> they will fuck you up. <laughs> you can get yours with 15% off using promo code KNIFETALK15 <laughs> at combatabrasives.com. Just be That's careful. It. Please be go. careful. I will say also, I just actually remember one one more thing. I, I've been working on a kind of a top secret project. I heat treated a sword the other day. And uh, oh. I'm not really going to talk much about that because well, you posted <laughs> I, your even heat up and down. I didn't know that you could have your even heat. I didn't know you could lay it up on its edge. Yeah, I, so I put it on some bricks because it's got mine is the LB, right? So the coils don't go across the back. They kind of jump outside the, the containment on the backside and then mm. pop back in. So I put them up on bricks, um, which kept it about an inch, the, the that back kind of housing about an inch off the ground and allowed me to, yeah, put it up vertically. And then I actually, <laughs> I blasted a hole in the open, the door of the, of the kiln. Um, because I needed just that little extra length because I was the the kiln is a 27 inch deep kiln and the sword is 27 inches and so and it's and, and that's just the blade like the tang is another eight inches um, mm -hmm. and so I needed an opening in the top anyways um, and I, I, I put a big hole in it because I knew if it was too tight the the bricks would still be insulating kind of around that area I still wanted to warm up so I, I blew a pretty big hole in the top and um and just used kale wool over the top and it went pretty smooth. Um I'll probably be posting up a picture of that heat treat uh in the next week or so. Uh, I got more work to so yeah, so that's the next thing I'm kinda working on is getting that hand or finished ground, then hand sanded. That's a lot of hand sanding. Um and get that out the door. Um So you say it's it's a top secret uh Yeah, kinda. Job. Is is it because because of the client or is it for a special project? What's it's kind don't of don't give it too much away. Yeah, it's kind of a special project. Not necessarily. <laughs> I started this before I had a client. Let's say, we'll tell you that. So I started this project. Okay. I was working on it, and then a, a, a past client was just reaching out and saying, "What's up?" and "What am I working on?" And I told him about so the sword. So we guess like, the client. You admit to it. Uh, sure. Jason Momoa. No. All right. You should have went with it. You should have went with it. That would have been good. The Aquaman sword. <laughs> should have went with it, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, your two weeks. What, what's been going on? Jesus, age Christ on a popsicle stick. It's been bananas. Uh, I had a nice message from Chef Jacques Pepin, who got my knife, and he, his uh, family sent some pictures, which were real nice. That was a highlight. I didn't think I was going to be as excited. I was I didn't think I was going to be as excited as I was, and I was. So that mm. was really good. And then That's pretty cool. It's just been... I'm totally i'm finally getting close to being up to date with all my orders so i've been totally crazed um heat treating all week long getting everything done um getting i had uh i've been dealing with some you know maniac clients which are you know <laughs> i mean some people are difficult but fine and i don't know who listens so i gotta i'm gonna leave it at that and then um it's been good. We signed a deal with a winery that we're going to be doing with um, some stuff with uh, for the summer, which we're really, really happy about. It's going to be something that I'm looking forward to just, uh, you know, a little bit more steady, steady work, which is kind of what I want to do. Um, 
but uh yeah i'm t be honest with you i'm a little tired i'm tired because uh mm. i'm emotionally drained the full blast podcast has taken me into deep waters <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i'm like turning into like some sort of i don't know i'm like it's like it's been it's been an incredible experience but it's like it has become psychically exhausting you you're the psychic. fraser crane of knife podcast now <laughs> i mean i don't mean i don't mean for it to be i'm i'm all ready for dick jokes but i mean people want to tell me their shit so you know i i listen with uh with appreciation and it's been uh pretty amazing um i just finished up with salem straub and he was right. incredible and you know we're um you know, I'm just trying to get a few things finished, but everything so far so good. And the weather's getting better, but today is actually my daughter reminded me this is the year anniversary of their her school being closed for lockdown. Yeah. Oh, so wow. like it was like the first, you know, it no more school. So mm -hmm. we kind of been walking the dogs and talking about it and kind of I mean, it's you think about it, what what it's been in a year. It's been totally crazy. And not to mention a year ago, we started doing like double episodes to keep everyone's spirits high. Mm. And it was like, um, you know, just it's been a it, this year has been unimaginable, but it just feels like it's been a huge long year. Like yeah. I remember so much of this particular year and it, it's just kind of like it's a, like a weird anniversary. Mm. It's, it's a weird one because I'm finding the weeks are flying by. But yeah, when you think back, it's been a whole year of, you know, in and out of lockdown and curfews, that kind of thing. It was this time last year, we were we were in the UK for three months and we had to come back the day that sort of lockdown hit France. Um, and yeah, that seems if it was a lifetime ago. But, you know, if you take week by week, it they do seem to be flying by. But hell of a year you hell know what's interesting year. is uh, especially you know talking to you you know texting with you and and i'm gonna imagine for for you Mareko, too you know you have younger kids who probably mm. won't remember i mean craig's kids are you know what two three something like that they're two yeah I, so, and i think we're very lucky because you know they haven't started sort of schools and so on yet but i know obviously Mareko's kid is has um so i'd imagine it's affecting um you know your boy a bit more so i think we're very lucky in that, in that respect um because you know it could you know stunt their development i suppose um but you know miracle's very hands-on and his wife is as well so you, you seem to be doing a lot of fun stuff which is cool yeah it's it's great i mean i got a 16 year old who is so pumped for college like she can't even i mean you can't even and we're she just wants to get the fuck out, which is great. Um, you know, it's a little insulting, slightly, but fine. <laughs> you know, but she's um, had enough of your food. <laughs> she, well, that's another story. We can that's that's a that's a, for another thing. But other than that, you know, it's it has been this like incredible moment for a lot of parents, and for me, I've been fortunate. You know, the the grades have been have been amazing because there's no like uh, distractions, but like. The psychological toll of this year on a lot of kids is going to be kind of. I'll, it'll be very interesting to see what happens, you know, in the yeah. future. So, emo yeah. music will be big again in a couple of years. I can see it coming. <laughs> fucking emo music. Fucking emo music. <laughs> fucking a buddy emo of mine. Music. A buddy of mine's kid was born about six or eight months ago, and she hasn't known anything but people wearing masks, like anyone, anyone yeah. she's mm. seen, and. Wow. He's like, it's going to be a trip for her when things get a little bit better and nobody's wearing masks. She's going to be like seeing faces all over the place. I don't know. Like psychologically, like I watch shows now 
and I see people like interacting, engaging each other, like without <laughs> yeah. masks on. I'm like, ah, they're getting too close. <laughs> it's yeah, weird. it's weird. Like, I have this yeah. weird anxiety for the characters in the shows. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's but... bizarre. It is bizarre. It's it's wholly bizarre. But yeah, what can you do? What can we do? What can we do? Well, I've had two weeks of um, restaurant orders, which has been really nice. Um, just today, actually, I received a huge box of stabilized wood. Um, basically, I've been doing my own stabilizing for quite some time now. Um, but I'm finding when it comes to sort of restaurant orders, um, I mean, I've got two chambers here with two pumps. Just can't do them quick enough. Um, so I found somewhere locally that's doing it, and they've come back. It's a great job today. So that's going to speed up process a lot quicker as well. Um, Would you call yourself a two-pump also... chump? A two-pump chump. <laughs> <laughs> if you're here for Holly's episode, you're sorely, sorely mistaken. Go back over the episode, but guys, this is, this is a Two jerks and a squirt. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is so, such a so, I, I also <laughs> bought a new uh, machine as well, um, a, a planar thicknesser. Um, so the idea is I've got all this like hundred year old oak that we've pulled out of the flooring of the new house. And I mean, there's, there's enough to make, you know, probably thousands of knives. Um, so yeah, I've got this planer and I can just run it through and it comes out the other end. And I've got this like lovely, super hard oak with a lovely finish to it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be doing a run of uh, knives and I think like sort of full sets. So, um, Chef knives, table knives, um, para knives, that kind of thing, okay. um, all with these, um, with this flooring basically. But it, it's it's super beautiful wood. It's it's oak and it's it's old, so it's super super hard. So yes, so that's cool. Um, and aside from that, just yeah, just spending time with the family, trying to keep trying to keep sane. Really. Speaking of which, I like the fact that you can't keep your podcast straight because you were on the XYZ podcast. And you started telling a story that you told us, and you said to your partner, Aaron, remember that story I told you? He's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. You told it to us. We can't remember the stories who you're telling them to. You're doing too much, Craig. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. So in, in other news, we talked about this on XYZ. Aaron had a lot of opinions on this. Harry and Meghan, what's going on? What do we think? He had no opinion. He didn't go with the bit at all. <laughs> None at all. Completely oblivious to it. I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm far more interested in the Pierce Morgan thing. Yeah, what a shitbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a, just a thug. Yeah, time thug. and time again. He, he, it, it's, his, it's his shtick. It's his brand. It's what he does. So if it's, you it's... don't know, Megan and Harry went on Oprah and... You know, they spill their guts about, you know, all the their issues with the royalty, yeah. and Pierce Morgan, who is a is a is a certified douchebag, who went on radio or on a TV like the Today Show of England, and yeah. just said that he doesn't believe a word she said, and then they blasted him, and then he walked off the set and quit. Yeah. Yeah, it's what he does. He's like he's like this like a shock jock of TV, you know. It's it's that's his shtick, and yeah. Well, I just like yeah. the fact that the story now is really that he tried. He dated. He went on one date with her. She yeah. left, and then went to Harry, and then he's just been you know been going all over the place saying how hurt he was, and yeah. then that hurt turned into him just being an asshole. <laughs> that was Jesus the only thing that's interesting. But it, 
honestly, this has been a very interesting thing only in regards to mental health and because, you know, I've been dealing with, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about mental health in general and, and, and it is like, I think we need to like, mental health is a very important thing that we should really kind of be worried about, especially during the pandemic. I think so. I think everybody's life has been, yeah. I wouldn't say turned upside down, but people have been forced to live in a different way. And it's right. it's been it's been tricky for everybody, you know? I'm personally I'm finding my mood set. <laughs> One week I'm the happiest I've ever been. The next week I'm just like, oh no, it's it's just up and down, up and down and everybody I speak to seems to be the same. It we're just it's just a different time, isn't it? We're we're not used to being like this, confined That's... and I'll tell you what happened this week that got me down is I was hauling ass on my list. Hauling ass, hauling ass, hauling ass to the point where I wasn't really cleaning the shop up. And then I had an unexpected visitor, my my landlord and a friend of ours who's a big, you know, big mocker in the area. And then a new potential uh, um, tenant of the building. Wanted, he wanted to show the sh- show the shop. And the shop was a fucking wreck. And I, was, I wasn't I was expecting, and I never get drop-off visitors. And, and my landlord, who I love, he never really stops by very often. But it was it was really, the place looked like shit. And, and I felt, when they, and they didn't give a shit. These are dudes, they don't give a fuck. But at the same time, at the end, when they left, I was like, I fucking, I can, I can do better than this. This is, mm-hmm. I shouldn't, it shouldn't, the shop shouldn't be something I'm embarrassed by. So it got me really depressed. It was just like, I, I can mm. do better than this. This is like not representative of who I am. And I spent the day just clearing the shop up and kind of making it to the point where it's, a, it's not as like a, you know, like a disaster area. And, mm. but I, it really kind of knocked me out. It was like, it was like, you know, it was the, the, this mental health thing of like how you're perceived and is this how you want your people to, to view you as a slob? And it was like a real, uh, it's it that that was a big one for that this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding I'm spending a lot less time now. And we just mentioned the old Harry. There's no getting away from the Harry and Meghan thing this week, especially over here. Um, but just a lot less time um, on sort of social media. Just finding it's just it's just too much. Everybody's got there's just too many opinions, and it's so sort of polarizing. You either yes or you're no, and there's no in between. And it, I've just found I just. I basically kept off. The only time I've been opening Instagram is when I'm I'm getting messages from you guys, and that's how we sort of chat, you know, during the week. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, and I'm finding, yeah, things are slightly better for that as well. Yeah, sure. probably. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, we... Jeff, about like people coming by the shop. I had uh, Mark Adams, who you know, uh, photographer that was that oh, yeah. does the Makers Camp. Uh, he he lives down in Portland right now, which is about. Hour and a half, two hours from me, and he was passing through because he went up north of me for his birthday, and we're, we're all masked up. And he came by and kind of gave him and his partner a quick tour of the shop, and I did some forging. But I felt like an asshole because my shop was a goddamn mess. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel the same way. I, I hear where you're coming from. Well, hmm. it's there's a, there's two different things with some shops. Like I've been in metal shops where they're so clean, you're just like, wow, this is like a surgical precision thing. But part of the reason why that is is because there's no work going through it. And then there's <laughs> other shops where it's like, you know, a pump pump shop where people things are flying through the door and there's just you know paper all over the you know the sandpaper all over the place and they're yeah. just like hauling ass as fast as they can. 
there needs to be a happy medium. And I just, right. I hated it when people used to come to my, one of my shops that was like a fucking, I mean, we were, we were sending railings out like, fa you know, so fast. And it was like, there wasn't a chance to clean your area up and, you know, it was on to the next thing. So I, I did, I, I do want to kind of make a little bit more of a, of a, you know, so I need something better than just yeah. that. But it was, uh, you know, it fucked me up. It really kind of, it kind of made me feel like, um, you know, this isn't really how I want to be represented. So clean sure, the shop yeah. up and it looks pretty good. I've kind of been making Sunday my reset day in a way where I kind of plan out the rest of the week and I just spend, you know, like an hour, a couple hours just tidying things up and putting them back where they belong. I have a tendency to just grab something, use it, and then set it down and keep going. And so, yeah, yeah and I think a lot of people do that. And I, even if it's like I'm in the shop six days a week and even if you're only in the shop five days a week or even whatever – you know, taking that one hour just to tidy up the kind of like the bulk mess. Like <laughs> my, I'm looking at my garbage can right now and there's a lot of stuff that hasn't made it into the garbage can. I just haven't taken, you know, the one right. minute to go around and pick up the stuff around the garbages and put stuff, yeah. like put clamps back and pencils back and holder and calipers. And it just, I think it's, it's a, a something I haven't been consistent, more consistent about, but I know that when, uh, I am, I feel a lot better, just like, not just in being able to sit down and knowing where things are at, but just about the whole feeling efficient in my own workflow. Because mm, anytime yeah. you spend like <laughs> even five minutes looking for a little like two inch square that you know was just there like two seconds ago, and now you have no fucking idea where it's at, you know, that's time wasted. And it's also, it's annoying. It, you know, it just adds to uh, the, the, you know, this, I guess not necessarily a stress, but just like, the, the lack of fun in the process of all of the work that we're yeah. doing, you know. It takes you off your stride, too. You need yeah. to then build back up to that. And yeah, yeah, it's a pain. Absolute pain. Shall we do some listener questions? Hey, uh, man, can I ask you a question? So this is the bit of the show which we do every week um, where people send in questions. We try our best to answer, but we're by no means the authority on any of this. Um, but if you've got a question... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk podcast on instagram <laughs> knife talk podcast on instagram <laughs> did you add that in the recording or you just say that just now i just said that that's perfect <laughs> yeah. perfect timing <laughs> knife talk podcast on instagram not just knife talk we've been doing this for what four or five years now and we've been saying the wrong instagram address the whole time but anyway we've had some questions the first one is from luke bright so question I've heard the idea of custom order knives being almost a burden and taxes you guys to the point of almost hating it. Why don't you lean towards more of making pieces you want to make and making them available for purchase or open up spots for pieces you want to make with customizable options? I think that's what we're all trying to do, Luke. Um, it's it's something that I've done the last, maybe last month. I've, there's been sort of three or four pieces which have been individual pieces which I really want to just, you know, just, just make and, and, once they're made, I, I then sell them as like special one-offs. Um, I don't know, Jeff does that and, and Mareko does it too. Um, I'm in a different spot to both Jeff and Mareko because I don't have this huge order list that I'm trying to work through. Um, so, uh, Jeff, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? You know, if, you, if you're like a big company, then you can make these decisions. But like if somebody's dangling money in front of you, you take it, you know what I mean? And I just think that, uh, you know, you have to come up with, you know, what we're trying to do is I, I like having custom stuff, 
And I a long time ago, I made a set of of 10 orange paring knives. And I thought, I'm just going to sell them all. And then I would get these messages saying, I love it, but I want a different color. I love it, but I want a different color. I love it. I ended up getting rid of them, but it was like people, there's just like, there's something about people, people that they just want, <laughs> they want what they want. And I'm noticing now, especially like we've made it on our website, easy to just pre-purchase stuff without going back and forth people want to talk they want it they want their own customization so it's just like what are you going to do but i'm i'm just about finished with uh i'm hoping by the middle of april i'll be completely caught up we already have a few different things we're going to do and then i am going to be doing that but at the same time people want what they want and and you know if you're in the custom business and you want to be in this position of saying you know all right, I'm making whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. You want you want different kind of you want you know you don't want walnut, not maple. I don't have a problem with that. I I think it's also nice to give someone a um a degree of control over something that they want, and I like that. But it's like you have to balance it. I don't hate what I do. I love what I do. I like the fact that this is business, and and I appreciate it very much. And I'm appreciative of the customers, and I'm I'm lucky as fuck, and I appreciate the shit out of it. I think that it's okay to everything not be, you can not be, I think it's okay not to love everything about what you're doing. Some things mm. you just don't like, you know, that's fine. Sure. And as long mm. as you understand the final goal. In an ideal world, I think the three of us would be doing exactly as, as you recommend there, just working on a piece that we really want to make once it's finished, selling it. Um, but I mean, in, in my instance, the bread and butter of my income comes from sort of restaurant orders where they're making, you know, 50, 60, however, however many knives, all exactly the same. There's very little creativity going into that apart from making that first initial knife. The rest are just duplicates of that. Um, so, yeah, as Jeff said, you just got to do, you know, you've got you to br bring the money in. That, you know, as I said, the ideal world is I don't do that. I just do these special one-offs. But, you know, they, they're few and far between, and they take a lot of time to make. Um, and unless you can command the sort of prices um, to give you the type of income that you need, it's difficult. It really is difficult. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, I don't I, I wouldn't have started any different than I did, which was uh, working with a retailer and, and and taking custom orders. I think part of it was just a, a case of necessity, like both you guys have already said, like, especially when you're starting out. Uh, first starting out, and especially if you don't really have much of a name for yourself yet, like honestly, like I, I'll be amazed if anybody can really sell much of anything. Um, first starting out, and just and just by, I mean, and I don't know, just making your own thing. Basically, I feel like it, there's a level of uh, kind of almost arrogance, I, I guess, when I read his question, like that that he thinks you know you should just be able to make what you make and then people are going to buy it but b b before you get to that position I, I think you do have to what people will say is like um you know pay your dues in a way and some of that's doing customs mm -hmm. and i honestly i enjoy customs i just wish i had stopped taking all customs like two years ago uh, i probably still would take customs but just the ones that I thought were interesting or maybe challenged me in a way that I was interested in trying to, like, in a direction that I wanted to go versus just taking everything. Um, I've, I have been fortunate to get to a position where basically anything I make I can sell now. So, but I'm now uh, 
kind of beholden to this list of custom orders that I've already promised that I would make. And so I'm kind of working to get to where I've basically dwindled that list down to nothing. And, and I can do more of a mix of whatever I want to make as well as some customs. But that way I have kind of more control as to what customs I do take in. Otherwise, you know, if I'm not interested in the knife, I'll just maybe direct somebody to an order list or not an order list, but like a mail list and say, you know, if you're interested in anything that comes up in the future, I'll put it out and you, if you like it, you buy it or whatever. But I think mm-hmm. customs, honestly, like it's, it's not a bad way to start initially. But once you do get to that point where you've you've got enough momentum and, and you have a strong reputation and, and people are, you know, you have so much demand that basically anything you make, you have a bunch of people clawing after that. Then you can just start making some of those strategic choices as to if you want to keep making customs or no customs at all or some sort of medium place in between. But, yeah, I think yeah. I think ultimately more more makers are trying to get to that point where they can have a little bit more of that creative freedom um because i mean i don't for you guys too i'm sure there's there's kind of an exploratory aspect to this process of in creativity and trying to and learning along the way and i think that's one of the biggest things that anybody probably is shooting for when they're doing this work or any kind of making creative making work uh, but I think yeah, it's it's yeah. part of those dues that you just kind of have to pay initially until you get to a point where you can have more of a be in a more of a leverage position to make different choices. The, I, we this is something we've been dealing with since we started this podcast, which is there's different people from different avenues and different areas of this being their business. Some of them are you know, hobbyists who just want to learn how to do it. And some of them are trying to get into business and some of them are in business. And we have this, I think that there's, when we've covered this a million times, but there's a lot of knife makers out there who are very well established who say, this is what you do. You make what you want and you don't let anyone give you choices and you make what you want and you do everything you want to do. And then the money will come some, for some people that just won't happen. So, Mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, it's like, are we these, dilettante artists who can just do whatever we want and then the money's just going to just kind of rain from the sky? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that we have this position where if you're focused on being a business, unfortunately, there are parts of being in business that you don't want to do. Like I, I, we have to, we've sent, we had to send, send um, sales tax in this past you know quarter. It's a lot of money. And it's just mm-hmm. like, if we didn't have to do, you know, if we didn't have to do that, life would be a little bit better, you know, or, or dealing with our accountants or dealing with the things that we have to do, or I'm waiting for um, one last form for our accountants that haven't been done before I can file my tax. These are things that it's not fun. And it's just the way Fucking it is. Fucking shipping. Shipping, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, you, I think that you get to the point where we're spoiled in the sense where we've created these false illusions that everything's fun. I'm not going to do an Instagram story of me on the phone with my accountant. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, some of it's not good. And that's just the way yeah. it is. It can't all be, like I said, it's not all lightning bolts and high fives. It's, there's some bullshit involved and it isn't just hand sanding. So you have to make decisions as, 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 and I think, unfortunately, I don't think everybody's cut out for this. I, I don't mm. think people are cut out for, the ability to make decisions in regards to is this going to be a business? If you, this is going to be your hobby, 
fucking do whatever the fuck you want and, and congratulations god bless you but if you want to be in business unfortunately there are things that you're going to have to do that you're not going to necessarily want to do you just do them you sound like a pole dancer jeff fuck you <laughs> what are you talking about pole dancing <laughs> Paul, man. Uh, I really didn't want to have to give the extras, but uh, you got to take the money. Knife talk on OnlyFans. <laughs> There's a few knife makers on that, I can tell you. You can? Uh, no, no, not that I go trolling <laughs> through OnlyFans, but uh, <laughs> there's a quite a few that advertise their services on OnlyFans oh, on, on Instagram, isn't it? Who's taking the next wow, one? Wow, that would oh. okay. All right, I'll take the Go next ahead. one. This is from the Canton Cutler. It says, hey, KTP, as the president of the Angle Grinder separatist movement, I'm looking at what other options can strengthen our cause. I like the look of a plasma cutter. Any reason why this isn't also a better option? Regards, El Generalissimo. 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 Of the Angle Grinder separatist movement. Jake, Jake is the generalissimo. Um, plasma cutter. I I haven't used one. Um, I'd love a CNC plasma cutter. Um, but I am aware that they 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 can leave a lot of sort of dross and sort of bad edge and hard edges because obviously there's a lot of heat being used. Um, but if you guys do you use plasma cutters, so sort of, nope. you know, in your knife making at all. <clears throat> I know that um, Jonathan Porter has one. He's got the Langmuir systems. And the CNC he, cut it, yeah. He yeah. does a great. I mean, it's great. Yeah, he sent me some. Of course, that there's some. You know, it. De- I think it depends on how you want to change the tips and the nozzles and the, you mm. know, your travel speed. You want to go to. You got to auto talk to. You know, if you want to talk about all that, you go to the handmade podcast. They'll tell you all about traveling speeds and all that. Chris Zepp, congrats. Oh, B- P.S. Guys, congratulations oh, yeah. to Chris Zepp. He won uh, the second episode. Oh, he won. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Way to go, Jeff. Hey, you called alert. me a fucking pole dancer before, you, <laughs> you little four-eyed bastard. Go ahead. I'll spoil some more things. I owe you. So, yeah. So, Chris uh, Chris, uh, Chris made it happen. And a funny story. Funny enough. So, if you go to the History Channel and look up Assembly Required, this his episode is up. I think it's called like Kick the Grass. Something about the lawnmower. Yeah. So, a number of months ago, when I was doing that um, that video with Charlie Palmer, where I made the where I was cooking the steaks and I poured the oil all over the place, he cut my plates out for me while he was in the middle of that filming. So oh. he actually <laughs> through the whole thing. He had he you know he said yeah come on by. So I came on by. The shop was a fucking wreck, and he had this huge crate. He was shipping the the big lawnmower out to to California or wherever it was. He was so funny. He didn't tell me what happened. He was very by the book, but he was just like, these motherfuckers are here. These people are fucking crazy. And every this guy's nuts. And this guy's crazy. It was a lot more fun hearing the behind the scenes of what actually happened. But uh, sure. Chris Sepp's the man. He's a, he's I, a I'm pretty he's sure go places. I'm pretty sure those pieces he cut for you made it into the show. Really? I'm pretty sure I saw him laying on his bench. At one point, there's like a pan across of some something else he's working on, and they're right there. And I was like, "Shit, those look like Jeff's little that steel." Might have been. He <laughs> he finished. He was doing. He had a pee at a plasma table, and he was cutting all his parts out. And number one, he was going up against two schnooks. 
One was a real <laughs> schnook. One was a real schnook that the host was making fun of him because he was a steampunk guy. And he thought, he said, what? what's a steam pump? And he goes, no, you moron, it's steampunk. There's no way that guy was going to win. Sorry. And then all of a sudden, Chris pulls out the fucking plasma table. And it's just like... Come on, man! You're gonna be the guy in a shed with a guy with a like a let me let me whip up some brackets here, and he turns on the old Lincoln, and it's like, but uh, I don't know what we're talking about. It was a good episode. Uh, plasma oh, cutters, right? Plasma so cutters. the plasma cutters—they're great. I, I get worried about like if you were to get—I know you can get—I know I know what Jonathan does. He gets sheets of of steel. I yeah. don't know if he's using stainless because you know. With carbon steel, you obviously have to normalize it, right? So if if you if it, it does get too hot, you can still normalize it and it'll be fine. I don't know how hot the, the the cuts become to the point where are they going to harden the steel? Like if it's stainless, as we had Lauren Lauren on Lauren Thomas, he said that you know you don't really you if you were to normalize it, it would just kind of harden because it just air hardens. Mm. So I don't know exactly what would happen with stainless unless you normalize it so yeah don't know but i mean basically it's it's trying to achieve what a what either either a high-powered laser or a like a water jet cutter would do it's trying to do that at a lower cost so for me it just seems there's a lot of cleanup afterwards um and whether it would speed up the process i i, I don't know but yeah. i've never used one so I, i'm only guessing there really uh, last time i used one i was still working for bob kramer and but I could see, like, and it was just all by hand, and and I, I could see if you had like a, a bandsaw blade or like a crosscut saw blade or something like that, one of those antique blades, or or other some other scrap material that you came across that you were just kind of roughly cutting out the shapes just to blast them out. I'm sure that would be, I, compared to an angle grinder, I think it'd be awesome. But if you're gonna get really close to the final dimension or I guess pro, like profile of the knife, then it that's definitely something else to take into consideration because yeah bringing mm. that steel up to really high temperature not only potentially hardening it but also you know having metal that is kind of been messed up or partially melted along what might be potentially becoming your cutting edge is also a concern um and so if you're going to do it along yeah. the cutting edge then maybe you have to build in a little bit of extra buffer room um that you know that you're going to grind through to get to where your like your actual cutting edge is going to end up being. Yeah, and by the way, whilst we're talking about angle grinder separus movement, um, I know two people locally here who have been using angle grinders and their wheels have exploded just this week. Two people, so I'm wondering whether they've been stored away for the winter. They're bringing them out in slightly warmer weather. I'm wondering whether the the moisture or they're just old wheels I don't, I don't know why but it's just coincidence that you know the very few people that live around here two sure. of them have ended up in hospital with oh with really wheels exploding. Oh, yeah yeah i saw nick wheeler oh. had one blow up on, on him the other day i was just gonna say wow that's yeah. three separatist movements looking more and more popular i don't i don't use those goddamn grinders i, I actually i do i did use the grinder because i've been getting for some of the profiles of some of my knives I need a little bit long, uh, wider material, and it just can't get through the bandsaw. So I gotta like do a little bit of a little bit of cuts. But like I get, I hate I I hate that I hate angle grinders. I don't like them at all. 
Yeah. Those by the, consoles are the way to go. Yeah. By the way, if you start hearing some uh, fart sounding noises, it's not me, I promise. On the other side of the shop, they're doing construction. <laughs> What they, how they, why? And they fart a lot. No, no, no. What's, it's, what's, the, it's the what's drill. What's the construction <laughs> noise that sounds no, no, no. like a fart? Here, just like this. So when you when you got the torque limiter on your drill, it sounds like toots. And so that's ah, what's happening okay. on the other side so, of the shop. So. Okay. <laughs> we believe you. I did, and I also ate Indian food for lunch. Okay, this one comes from Tim Landini. Hey, gents. So I have a question. I'm a grad student, and for an independent study, I'm bringing hands-on forging labs, small stuff, to my university. Uh, as we don't che- uh, teach anything like it yet, I, uh, I have secured a donor, and I haven't decided on what uh, to have them donate. My question is, which anvil would you guys recommend for two to three people? I have a 100-pound London pattern for personal use, and I really don't want to sacrifice my anvil for the cause. Would a German pattern be better for beginner-level projects or over a London pattern? Thanks in advance. I have a problem with the German patterns myself. Tell me. Tell me. Well, they don't. So it's all one level straight across from from nose to tail. There's no table. And I think if you're going to do something like this, you want some flexibility um, and that little table, especially in blacksmithing processes, makes a big difference in in uh, functionality of it. it's for me in functionality of an anvil. You know, what? so I would definitely lean that... towards London pattern myself. It's funny that you say that because I generally don't like that step. Oh, really? And for years, and one of our listeners, one of our listeners has the anvil that I was using forever, which is. Um, our, my buddy Mike Cataldo has a fifteen hundred pound. He had a fifteen hundred pound Euro anvil that he got from from Pat Quinn. I want to if that. I'm talking to you directly, Michael. If anything happens and I don't end up with that anvil, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> At some point down the line, it could be thirty years from now, forty years from now. Some point we're gonna have to just figure something out because I need that. I love the. Um, the flat, the complete, the completely flat, and it actually has a side shelf, which is very, which is very uh, controversial too. I kind of like a side shelf. I kind of like a side shelf too. Just get up. You know what I would do? Here's what I would do, Tim. Donate your 100 pounder and have them get you a new anvil. Don't, don't, don't play. Get a, get a nice. Get you, give them a piece of shit, and then you take the nice one. How you like that? Is that unethical? <laughs> is that unethical? Not at all. Not at all. I'll tell you how. So this is how I use that step. I don't actually use the step very awesome, often, but I like that it, that there's a step down to the horn from the work surface because when I'm forging my integrals and that angled bolster, I can work right there at that corner where it transitions from the t- from the the table or sorry the work surface to the horn, and I can pivot right just right there flipping the blade over side to side right there over that corner and on a german pattern i cannot do that because there's no clearance there and so there for an integral and if especially if it's an angled integral it becomes really awkward if you're doing a straight integral maybe it's not that big of a deal uh, but angled in- integral uh, bolster it becomes a pain in the ass for sure I'll tell you how I use my anvil. Let's hear it. I've started taking my coffee without any milk or cream, <laughs> so it's a lot hotter than usual. So if I set my coffee down on top of the anvil, 
it sucks some of that heat out really quickly and I can drink my coffee quicker. That's how I use my, my hand. That's a good tip right <laughs> Seriously. there. Seriously. That's a top tip. That's a top tip. The top tip, Tim. There you go, Tim. Whatever cools your coffee down. <laughs> okay, we got another from Joe Egbert. Um, again on Instagram. I have the chance to get a couple of thick log sections of ironwood. Any tips on breaking down efficiently um, to make them usable? Usable boards for scales or handles. I don't want to waste more than necessary. Any ideas on things to do with the odd size offcuts? So he's got some big slabs of ironwood. I'm interested in this because I've got a bunch of wood that I need to be cutting up from um, from from trees. You know that are just you know random shapes as well. Um, so personally, I I well I've been using a table saw, but I hate using it. Absolutely hate using table saw. Um, I probably need a good band saw. Um, you know, with a with a solid fence on it, so I can do some nice straight cuts. Um, but at the moment, I'm using a yeah a table saw, then taking it to a band saw. But yeah, I've just got this thickness of planer planer as well, so I can then make sure everything's flat and the right um, thickness that I need. Um, what do you guys do with big chunks of of wood? I fucking hate it. That's what mm. I do. I <laughs> I had a I had to like cut down all these burls, these cherry burls over the summer. And I had to get this electric chainsaw. I destroyed it. That fucking thing was a piece of shit. And I destroyed the shit out of it. But I got enough done that I uh, cut a lot of material away. And then whatever, when I, after I broke it, I just used my tiger saw, my reciprocating saw, just to finish some of the last cuts. And then I started milling it down on the table saw. And then... I because to stabilize it, I wanted to make sure I had a lot of material left over, so I, I really cut them down quite big. I didn't get them before it to stabilize that, you know, dry them out and stuff like that. I kind of left them really big. I let them dry for a long time, and then I cut them on the uh, with the chainsaw, and I let them dry for a while, and then I started making them smaller, and then I started to dry. Yeah, every stage I let them dry as as they went, and you know, it wasn't fun. I sure. don't like it. I'll I tell like, you. Uh, oh, sorry, Kevin. I, was... I got nothing. Bo- it, it fucking sucked, <laughs> and I hated it. <laughs> I'll tell you a tip that I learned about those uh, battery-powered saws, because I had to use one uh, a few months back to help do some, um, like, taking out some trees at my son's school. And <laughs> and they were just little dinkers, but I was trying to cut on the with the blade portion of the saw, which... I've always done with gas powered and I had no problem, but on the electric, it's too much, uh, surface area in, in engagement. And I've realized that if I only use the tip, just the tip, um, it's, she said. it's more, <laughs> it's a more force and more work in a, with a, with in a smaller surface area and it was blasting right through. So in the future, if you have to do that, um, try to get more tip action in there and you'll, you should cut through just fine. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm right there basically with you, Jeff. Like I I would figure out kind of what bandsaw I'm using to break stuff down, and then I would use the chainsaw to break it down to the size, the largest size that basically my bandsaw could use, and then break it down from there, and use my bandsaw. I I I I've never used a table saw for breaking down boards, um, just because one I don't really have one, but two I, I hate the saw curve. Like even though it's only like an eighth of an inch, it. I, it kills me that it feels like it's removing so much material. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But then on the second part of his question, asking kind of like, what do you do with some of the offcuts? You know, when you're using, when you're taking pictures, like they make some, sometimes some like nice, like extra stuff in the photo or something, the rest of the blade across. Um, I've actually taken some pieces and cut little, uh, like made saw blade cuts just with my bandsaw and made uh, like a knife rest that you could kind of, instead of the knife laying down flat, you can rest the blade vertically on the material, um, hmm. kind of like a little stand or or even for like business cards or a little display stand, I guess. I don't know. But that's the little kind of things I've done with kind of off cuts. And yeah, spacers. Yeah. Yeah, spacers. Yeah, exactly. I'm about to throw a pile of it in the woods i'm about to throw it <laughs> throw a bucket into the woods i like that I, well, that's where my <laughs> off cuts are gonna go nice nice <sighs> let me tell you about um even heat which are the ovens or the, the kilns rather that the three of us use they're the best in the business so if you're making knives you need to get a good reliable heat treat and the best way to do that is with an even heat it's why we use them they're the best but we can we can actually get you a discount as well so uh, a distributor called Soul Ceramics, and they're an even heat distributor, we can get $75 off and free shipping in the States as well. And they stock them all, and they can get whatever you need. So whether it's the 120 version or the 240 version or you want the KO version, whatever, the KF Extreme for the longer blades, they've got them all. And if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, it'll take you straight there and it'll automatically apply those discounts at discount. So at, at checkout rather. And that's with Soul Ceramics, who are probably the world's best even heat distributors. So go take a look. You need an even heat. You need to go to Soul Ceramics. Knifetalk.net forward slash heat. Hey, guys. This is well, for the listeners who send me messages saying, <laughs> what was that link again? Fucking rewind in 30 seconds. It's there. <laughs> It's in the show notes, too. It's It's in the the show show notes, notes. but right, just go rewind. I am getting more messages about what did you say. It's like, motherfucker, you have a rewind button. (laughs) I get that shit all the time. Like, well, fucking listen. Well, what is it? I'm like, well, fuck you. Listen to the fucking episode again. (laughs) Also, regarding show notes, if you don't know how this works, at least least in iTunes uh, or the iPodcast app, you know where you look at the screen, you got the whole player and everything. If you swipe up, just right on the, where it says Knife Talk Podcast, swipe up, it'll pull up all the different notes and highlights and stuff that Craig is talking about. Yeah, so if we've got any links we're talking about in the show, they're generally going to be there. Or yep. if you're on, um, you listen by the website at makery.network, they're all there as well. They're on spot, they're everywhere. So wherever you listen to the podcast, you'll find the show notes too. So knifetalk.net forward slash heat and that's for your even heats i mean you wouldn't call that a hot take but hot takes takes? that's the thing fucking guy all right so here's what we we did and this is a very popular bit that we're going to keep going with until it it's no longer popular until somebody else steals it and copies us, basically. Oh, and we need to move on and come up with something else. Don't. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hot, here's a hot take. You're all a bunch of fucking thieves, and it isn't just from knife making. I'm telling you that. So a hot take is, a fa- I'm fascinated by the concept. Of, a hot take is, in journalism, a hot take is a piece of deliberately provocative commentary that's based almost entirely on sa- shallow moralizing. Um, so it was a sports Piers talk- Morgan is a hot take oh, himself. he's a hot take machine. So basically there's no facts. Oh, don't explain that to some of the listeners. Not the, not this time. So it's basically <laughs> loud fact free declarations. And this is something that is started in the, in the, in the radio industry. The sports, uh, sports talk radio, uh, is a tactic of hosts picking a topic that would make people call up usually angrily. So, like, here is an example of a hot take, a hot take that I have for you, the listener. And if you send us the hot takes, two sentences maximum. You don't have to give me full blast. Here's, here's a hot take. People who don't shut up about their freedom are the first people to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. Uh, is in... a fucking hot take. <laughs> That's a hot take. Very good. That's a hot take. So (laughs) send in your hot takes. It's basically, you know, whatever. All right. So here's a hot take. This one comes from Mammoth Creek Knives. Uh, Here's a hot take. If you don't pimp out the paint on your brand new Broadbeck Ironworks belt grinder, you're an idiot. Can't wait to get, uh, can't wait until it gets here. Thanks for the Knife Talk 10 pod uh, discount. So. I didn't pimping out the paint. What? what, Well, when you get the Broadbeck, they're not painted. So a lot of guys are like, juicing up their grinders with some sexy paint so yeah. there you go mammoth i have not done that myself yet i have a Me friend either. who does auto body paint though i might have to get i might have to get him over here do some work we need to get the guy who 
Neil Kamamura gets to do his his press. He had his press pinstriped. Oh, that yeah. thing looks awesome. That thing looks awesome. Next one comes from Jamie Mackey. Here's a hot take. Live edge wood and resin is the crossfit of knife handles. <laughs> <laughs> so so like give me an example, which I took a little bit offensive too, but I mean at the same time he's not wrong. So a pine cone in resin equals a fully grown man in day glow lycra springing on monkey bars. So <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Oh Brilliant. man, Fruity Woods Brilliant. out. Fruity Woods out. So okay. I've just ordered two huge chunks of live edge live edge wood to make to make the bar in the in the house. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's very much the, the CrossFit of wood. Well, is, is the CrossFit basically? I was asking about it. He gave me that, and it's. I guess it's like you know, people just don't shut up about it. But uh, yeah, I think so. And it's also it's you know it's sort of two or three years ago it was cool, and it's no longer that cool. I think that's yeah, what it is as well. Yeah. Chris Park says, "Here's a hot take for you: people who claim to listen to the show but still ask what grip progressions you use while hand sanding." You fucking kidding me. They've obviously never listened to the show. Rub and tugs for life. Yeah. <laughs> That's inside. Yeah. Inside. Oh, they asked for promo codes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my I mean, God. you have no. I, I'm Is amazed that promo code? I love, I'm, 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 I love people. <laughs> Rub and tug. <laughs> no. uh, David Pinn says here's a hot take for Craig. The Wales versus England rugby match should have ended much differently. The referee should be fired, preferably out of a cannon. <laughs> if you take away the I, admittedly terrible decisions by that referee, um, we still would have won. I think we won by 16 points. So even if you had two tries converted, we still would have won. So, you know, better team won at the end of the day. There you go. Hot take. Unbeaten. Unbeaten. This one is fun because it comes from Stone Ridge Metalworks. Here's a hot take. Just because you're older than someone doesn't mean you're better. Stone That's Ridge right. is 15. So I, so I told him, I said, smoking like a true 15-year-old. He's a man. I'm with you, Stone Ridge. Don't let him tell you you're fucking wrong because you're right. I'm with you 100%. Give him hell. Um, Ben's Bites, hot take. Uh, Ben's Bites. Knife Talk should do an entire episode of Dick Jokes. I bet they can't get past 45 minutes. We'd give it a go. We'd give, <laughs> we'd give it a go. Joran, uh, Joran Nipperberg says, Hi, guys. Here's a hot take for you. Everyone who calls out another knife maker for shortcuts or cheating is petty and jealous. Keep up the good work. Here is an aggressive. This is an aggressive one. Diego Le Pen says, Here's a hot take. No place in the United States or anywhere else Anywhere else in the world, apart from Italy, has the right to dub itself the world capital of pizza, especially <laughs> not Chicago. Yeah, Diego's a proud Italian. Yeah, he don't he don't like it. He don't. Pizza's only for Italy over Diego. Diego, Diego, uh, we're with you. You ain't beating New Haven though. I'm sorry to tell you that. I hate to say. There's it. a weird thing I find with Americans wanting to be either Italian or Irish. I know that they they have a lot of you know. Second generation Italians and Irish, that, you know, that moved over, particularly to New York and so on. But I don't know. They've got this weird affinity where they want to be Irish or Italian. I tell you what, I, the, we a number of years ago we were talking about the Conor McGregor Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov fight, and I gave my prediction, which I was right, almost down to the the round. And I went to a party, and it was at a, a cigar lounge. Everyone was there 
was wearing their Irish gear, and they were all t- up for Conor McGregor, and they were all Irish. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, you're from fucking Staten Island. And I was talking to, I'm like, what are you doing? You guys aren't Irish. You're all from fucking Westchester. You're fucking not from. And I was talking to Fingal about it, and he goes, oh, Americans are the best. They think that they're Amer. They think that they're Irish, and when they tell them that they're yeah. Irish. We all just say, no, you're just Americans. So, yeah. mm. I've been watching lots of videos on YouTube of people with their, like, setting up home bars and home pubs just, like, for sort of ideas. And it seems everybody has done it in, in lockdown. But every American, they're like, this is our real Irish-themed bar. And it's like, well, first of all, in Ireland, they don't have Irish-themed bars. They just have bars. <laughs> just bar. You know? And it, it's just all just so, oh, man, can, you're, not, you're not Irish. Can I tell you how awful St. Patrick's Day in New York is? It is every, but for some reason, people dress in green and they say, Aaron, go bra and they do all this bullshit. It's just like, it's, it's like a, it's like stereotypical. It should be, it should be people, Irish people should be offended. It's awful. Yeah. It's like a Disney thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, Lorian Blade has four hot takes, guys. Lorian Blade's hot take number one is more people would tune in if you renamed your podcast Boner Talk. (laughs) <laughs> well, we we may possibly have a brand deal coming up, and we may need to. We may have to cut it. Yeah. it going to be a se- we're gonna have a segment saying how your penis is. More about that in the in, yeah, maybe later. Maybe. Hot take number two: people uh, who consider their people who consider you their competition can't be relied on upon pricing advice. That's not bad. Hot ah. take number three: people don't actually use knives. And hot hot take number four is. Rub and tug is Welsh for hand sanding. <laughs> <laughs> you love that. Craig loves the hot takes. I, I'm going to keep reading because he's very happy. I, I'm a big fan. Wait, that's why he's got his own jingle. <laughs> uh, Maximus Knives says, here's a hot take for you. Proper Italian restaurants don't have Alfredo sauce on the menu. If they are, um, if so, they're the McDonald's quality Italian cuisine. <laughs> um, Mac, we got a big Italian listenership, maybe. Uh, well, you know, he's. I think he's on board with uh, with our boy Diego. Um, Matt Burchett said Monday morning hunting for you guys. Um, oh, I don't know what that means, but Mac Burchett says here's a hot take: T-shirts with pockets on them are pointless and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you love these? Are you drunk? No, seriously. Are you drunk, Craig? No, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I, I find that funny. I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, it's not you giving him the giggles. He's half in the bag. Um, I find people who wear t-shirts with pockets, they've generally got like tits. <laughs> they've got, they've got man, tits? they've got moobs, you know. And they, that pocket is there to try and try and hide just the, the uh, one tit. <laughs> Just one big move. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Mono tit. Okay, yeah. James. See everybody who was here for for Holly's episode. You you hit the wrong one. Um, yep. this one They've comes from James Lag. Uh, good day, cabbages. Oh, sorry, wrong progress. Uh, wrong podcast. Hey, cuties. Here's my hot take. Australia is the greatest country in the world. Congratulations. Um, Flavio <laughs> Denio says, uh, hot take, a Bowie knife sucks as a barbecue knife. 
<laughs> Dylan Myrick says, I don't even need real friends anymore. I have you guys. Great show as ah. always. P.S. Where are these rub and tugs? GPS coordinates, please. Well, Dylan, that's <laughs> not really a fucking hot take, is it? It's not a service we provide. GVF996 is here's a hot take. Bread knives are for people who can't sharpen. That is a fucking ridiculous hot take. You have not used a sharp knife to cut a fucking bull, have you, Junior? <laughs> Ain't going to work. <laughs> no. Uh, Caleb Gant says, hey, sports. Jeez, we got a lot. Uh, dude, people fucking love the hot takes. I only got a couple more. Uh, Caleb Gant says, hey, sports fans, I got a hot take. Knife makers are arrogant bastards. Eh. You know, he might not be wrong. <laughs> that might be a pretty. That might be a pretty uh, real thing. Um, Chris Nash. Chris Nash says, "Free Chris." Chris Nash says, "Hey guys, I have a hot take for you. Food release. Who gives a shit? Just slide the food off your knife with your finger into a dish. If you can't do that quickly and safely, you shouldn't be allowed to have sharp knives in your hand. Keep up the great podcast, Chris." Two sentences. Chris, two sentences. And the other thing is, is I am on board with, after listening to Salem Straub and Mareko talk about uh, S-grinds, I'm on board, 100%. You're incorrect. But that is a proper, it's a long hot take, but it's a proper hot take. And the last hot take comes from Derek Bosley. He says, I have a hot take. People that call chaps, assless chaps, hey, dickheads. All chaps are assless. If they weren't, they'd be called pants. There we have it. He's very sensitive about his chaps. <laughs> no, cowboys don't wear. You, when you talk, when you talk to Ben Snurr, he says, uh, "I don't know why you think my." And he, they're pronounced chaps. So he says, "I don't know why you say the chaps are assless, because that's not the case." So there you go. Hot takes, guys. So send in your hot takes, and uh, you know, hopefully they'll be better than these, but. Craig liked him, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> Lots of giggles. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do a couple more questions. David Meek Knives. Hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? I'm finally about to start setting up my shop again after moving down uh, to sunny Tampa. Go Bucks. Yeah, girl. Something to do with some fake football team, I assume. Fucking years. For now, You're I'll bad. be setting up along the wall of a two-car garage until I have a more dedicated and permanent setup. My question is, when setting up your own respective shops, what do you prioritise more? Workflow or economy of space? I obviously want to reserve some garage space for other things, and I'm trying to come up with a viable layout. Also, thanks for letting us mouth off with our hot takes. Shout out to Matt at Gentry Custom Knives, who was excited about mine last week and agreed with me 100 bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you can't use the show to promote yourself. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> Loving the show, as always. Keep it up. Hashtag, I'm with you. It's a long one. Um, shop space, two-car garage. I tell you who does it very well is Jeremy um, from Simple Little Life. Um, his shop's in Chukar Garage, and it seems to be huge. And in fact, he's just built like a mezzanine as well to make it bigger. Oh, wow. Um, but he's, he seems to have a really smart and well laid out um, shop. Garage. That thing looks pretty big. It, I think it is pretty. I think it is bigger, maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm in that process at the moment of re sort of redesigning a new shop. Um, yeah, workflow or economy of space. Uh, I think it goes down to something we were talking about earlier when we were talking about if if the place is just like a complete and utter shit hole, it's it's hard to get the mentality of, you know, doing good work. 
So I think it just needs to work with regards to workflow and everything needs to have its space and it, to be easy to keep clean. I think that that's probably key. But the, you know, the, the thing is, is like, that's the f interesting thing about all this is usually when people start out, you end up starting to lo lo run out of space really quick. Yeah. I mean, my first shop, which was a, like a, a 10 by eight shed, I had everything. I had things up on the walls. I had on doors. I had, I mean, it was, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, at room and you could turn around and be at every single station and standing in one spot you know when you're talking about knife making you don't really need a million things it's really a grinder and an oven and a drill press right right i mean what else do you really i mean do you really really need i mean yeah. besides little hand tools and shit sandpaper do you know where you get that from Tell me <laughs> Um, in Dasa, in Dasa, USA, they make um, the world's best sandpaper. It's what the three of us use. Um, if you're going to use sandpaper, you might as well use the best because it's going to save you time, it's going to save you money. And to save you a little bit more money, you can buy that from Texas Fire Supply. If you use Knife Talk 10 as a promo code, you'll get 10% off not just your Indasa sandpaper, which the RhinoWet is the one to go for. It's it's killer. That's the one. Um, but you also get 10% off the rest of your order from, from Texas Fire Supply. And they've got a whole section there for, for knife makers. So, yeah, take a look. TexasFireSupply.com. They're shipping throughout the U.S. And you can get 10% off with Knife Talk 10. Look at you. Unbelievable. You don't really. You got to get him in, haven't you? you? We got to get him in. I'm with you. You'll jam him in. <laughs> you don't. You. You. Get, you. It, when you have a limited amount of space, all of a sudden your luxury goes away. So I think it's really kind of the best thing is to really optimize your your space. One thing I would do would be is if I had a really small space, I'd have my kiln on uh, like a dolly or like not a dolly like a a moving a moving trolley. trolley so i could tuck it away when i'm not using it i would think about really focus on how to maximize the space and 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 just and and as my sister used to tell me don't shit your shop up with crap don't shit it up with crap is what she used to say so keep, really really pare down and you're going to realize that you don't need as much as you think you do yeah mm. yeah me really quick i would also just i would try to optimize space uh, I wouldn't necessarily be too focused on workflow just because if you got a small space and you got everything on wheels, you can just kind of roll things around. I've seen a lot of makers have pretty snug garages full of stuff, but they got them all on rolling racks or rolling carts and stuff like that. And they can really just kind of economize the space and, you know, easily adjust and move things around when they're not working on a certain using a certain machine or anything like that uh doesn't chris zepp like do a pretty good job with keeping everything like on casters and super kind of snugged and his snugged shop up and, is and, and fit into each other really nicely i don't know he's got about 30 bridge ports Dude, there hasn't he? there's room to swing a cat by the sounds of things chris's shop is impressive the, f the impressive part is he could fit it all in there. I mean, he pushed, what is the expression? He put uh, put a 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. I'm not saying Chris <laughs> stuff is shit, but he really packed it up. He got he got all his stuff in like some TikTok leggings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm you know about TikTok leggings, Breco? No. This is my favorite thing. There is this thing I've been talking to. I don't know, I'm talking to a few people about it. I'm obsessed with TikTok leggings because it's this new thing 
not new, but like these, they've, somebody's figured out that you can make like this, <laughs> these pants that allow your, give extra room for your butt cheeks. And there's like okay. some sort of like thing in the middle. It basically accentuates your ass. And I think mostly for women, of course. So it's this, it's well, this. you're not wearing those? No, but it's but it's weird because they've also put this like optical <laughs> illusion netting on the end of it. I'm sure. obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it about like I'm trying to figure out some sort of uh, metaphor that the the, the um, TikTok leggings are a metaphor for something else. So sure. let me Google these. I need to see. Uh, oh, dude, just about. hashtag TikTok TikTok <laughs> leggings. Come on, man. <laughs> I have seen those. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it's a specific like you can't. They're not just like. They're a specific thing. Yeah. So, well, Craig's. Okay, I Craig's, see. I see. Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Your, your, uh -huh. your glasses yeah. are fogging up. <laughs> Back in a minute. Back in a minute. Back in a minute. We shall now take this break. Last week was, <laughs> last week was International Women's Day, and now we're talking about TikTok leggings on a Knife Talk podcast. This is an embarrassment. <laughs> I'm back. It didn't take me long. <clears throat> Oh God! What the Two fuck are we doing? Oh, what are we doing? Oh, we're gonna lose it all. We're gonna lose it all. Uh, okay, I, I just need you to see what you're talking. If I give some context right. to what you're should we, talking should about. Should we take another question? Well, I mean, just it's Chris Zepp's shop is the TikTok leggings of shops. I mean, he's okay, fitting it all it. in there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Feel free to. Let's do another question. Okay, this one is from. Let's make sure I got the right person. No, how do you say that? Noel Flam. He says, "Hey, um, uh, they say, hey guys, uh, I have a safety-related question. When forging, do you have any recommendations for safety glasses? Once ago, I had to have what I assume was a speck of forge scale removed from my eye, and have gone through a ton of different safety glasses to try and find the best ones for forging. But so far, most either fog up." aren't comfortable or uh, still let debris in from the top. Any opinions are greatly appreciated, especially if it will help keep someone else from getting having to go through what I did. Any tips? Ooh, that sounds painful. Yeah, it does not they, sound like those, fun. Those little things have a way of figuring a way to get past your eye protection somehow. For sure. Yeah, a long time ago... Think? Uh, Mike Quisenberry, you know, I, I would wear eye protection from time to time, but I was doing some forging with Mike Quisenberry uh, a, a few years back, and, and he was 100% on board with, or he was like, what do you, wait, wait, what are you doing? You, you can't be, I'm not going to show you how to do any, for, I'm not doing any forging with you until you get some eye protection. Like, <laughs> he saw me dinking around, and I was asking him some questions, and he was like, no, 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 we're not doing anything. Get some eye protection. And sure as shit, like just a few minutes later, I was forging on some stuff and something landed right on my cheek. And he's like, and I was like, ah, fuck, and got it off my face. And he's like, now imagine if that went straight into your eye. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> All right. So I've been 100% on board um, with eye protection. I, the, the eye protection I have are actually uh, a pair of uh, glasses I got my, from my brother. Um, he used to be a 375 Airborne Ranger. And this is stuff he used to wear, like in Afghanistan and like in sandstorms and shit like that. And uh, 
So I don't know if that, those are easily accessible. Uh, but basically, they, they're, they're like regular goggles, but they have a little bit of like foam border around the eye that kind of help encase the eyes or kind of keep stuff debris out. But they also breathe, so they don't necessarily fog up. Um, but I found, because I have kind of a roundish face, um, I like if something's going to bounce off my face, it's almost always going to bounce right into my eye. Even with when I'm wearing my face, face shield and my respirator and i'm grinding i still manage to get stuff in my eyes um but fortunately it's fewer and far between but i don't think you necessarily want to be wearing a whole face situation when you're forging but if you have to then maybe that's what works for you but i i i wear at least like a simple pair of uh you know eye protection that you can just get from like harbor freight or something like that but i'm 100 percent on board with wearing eye protection You'd want to be wearing those TikTok leggings while you're forging, not with, not with that netting. <laughs> Definitely don't want to be looking at them when you're forging. Yeah. <laughs> Have mercy. Have mercy. your hand. You got to wear glasses, and you got to figure out what works for you. I have the 3M ones that are a little bit more rounded, um, and then I have – but the problem is they fog up. I do mm. have these – what is that? They're black-framed. They're called Mavericks. Those are pretty good, too. But you still, you know, there are ways in which to get in. I mean, the only way you could do, if you really want 100% protection is obviously wear goggles, but that's kind of like, you know, ridiculous. I like anything that's as, I, I buy boxes of eye, eye protection, and then the cleaner and the newer they are, the less I notice them on my face, and then the less likely I'm going to touch them or take them off. Because I have a tendency to like, you know, put them on my forehead or not, you know, maybe not wearing them all all the time, and I have to be mm. more, a little bit more. All the hair dye comes off onto them. I can imagine. Pardon yeah. me. Let's take another Wait, question. Wait, what did from... you say? <laughs> all that hair dye that you're sweating down your forehead. You know, that's all going to come into your glasses. Ugh, not good. I need some hair dye. I got too much gray. <laughs> I'll do another question, and maybe Jeff could uh, could queue up some um, unsolicited advice. Oh, maybe yes. we have some this week. Yes. Okay. Question from Dustin Young. Hey, cuties. Can I ask you a question? I know this has probably been answered, but I'm hoping you guys will run it back. What's the best welder type? Um, and maybe a recommendation, whether it's take, make, or stick, for welding up steels, for forge welding, etc. I'm thinking of getting a welder to build some brackets and tool holders. I want to ensure that will be dual purpose later down the road. And he says the Miller 211, which is a MIG, uh, is what he has his eyes on, but would love to hear from you all. Cheers and thanks for the laughs. Now, this is quite timely because myself and Mareko were talking this week um, via DM about welders because we're both on in the market for a new welder. Um, so I don't know. I haven't done any research yet. Um, I don't know if Mareko has yet, but this may be a good one for listeners to tell us what we need as well. Um, and here's the thing. Tag the manufacturers. They may want to give us one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> shameless, shameless. Oh, shameless. No, but seriously, we are in. I think it, you we are looking for one. So, any advice? TikTok leggings to get a pair for Craig. Do you think TikTok leggings? We we'll get a pizza oven from Morocco, a welder for me. What, what do you want, <laughs> Jeff? We know where. We know where these, I just, these I, leggings. I need. I need enlightenment. I need peace on earth and enlightenment. I don't need physical. Things okay, anymore. there we go. There we go. Uh, but seriously, I've been using a shitty stick welder Ugh. for any welding that I do, and it's terrible. It's not pretty. It does the job, but it's not pretty. Um, so, yeah, so if anybody's got any recommendations of what I should be using, um, 
let me know. Well, there's a couple things. Is your is your stick welder AC DC? On a highway to hell. If it does um, DC and you can switch from DC negative to DC positive, you can get the kit to convert it to a TIG welder. It'll be a scratch start TIG welder, but you can get okay. basically a, the stinger will go into the stinger, the, your, your tungsten will go into the, the stinger, and then you get a bottle of argon, and then you end up kind of converting your AC-DC uh, buzz box into a TIG welder. You can do that. Okay, that may be, may be a route forward then. Yeah. I'm not sure if it does. I'll need to check. Um, I can give you that, the information. Well I did that with my old buzz box. I got an old buzz box, and I did it, and it works. It's scratch start, so you don't have a lot of mm. uh, variability, but it's it works pretty good for TIG welding. Yeah. When you, you say think, scratch Chris? start, are, are you actually scratching the tip, or are you just lo- slowly bringing it close to con- almost to contact, and then it like an arc jump so yeah. then you start welding. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You're so not, you're not I mean, actually scratching. T- no. But I mean scratch start is usually I mean that's it's just there's no pedal. Like they they're not <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't yeah. have enough, you know, energy for a pedal. So you get close and then it makes the arc and then and then you start to feed in the the filler rod once you make the puddle. I yeah. think that for personally, here's the good thing. I think MIG welders are the way to go for a few few reasons. They're the most versatile um, you can do regular construction with them. A lot of times with TIG welding, you're not really going to be doing a lot of structural work with TIG, a TIG welder. So if you mm. ever do something where there's like weight bearing, you got to be really careful because there's not a ton, It's usually very, it's all based on how much, how big your puddle is and how much your filler rod is and your voltage and everything like that. There's a lot more into it versus an, a, a, a MIG welder. You can get a little bit more, um, you know, it's just a little, it might be a little bit more versatile overall. I had a really interesting conversation with Mike Quisenberry again a number of a couple of years ago. He was telling me that when he um, puts together billets to make forge to forge weld, he'll use a TIG welder and then he'll use stainless steel filler rod. And what happens mm, is sure. is when you grind everything away, the stainless steel gets bright blue so you know if you've gotten all your filler rod out because that's a big problem like Mm. if you if you use a mig welder and you just go full blast and you don't realize you don't realize it you could leave some of that mig weld material that mig weld seal into the you know mosaic but if you're using something completely foreign that you can actually see especially when you're grinding everything down changes color differently that's a benefit you know but yeah, the one thing sense, is yeah. with the TIG welders and the MIG welders is, I don't know what country you're from, but with MIG welders, I can't buy tanks of 7525 from any local guys. I have to do a lease with this short tank. Oh, so really? I always, yeah, with the TIG welder, I can get small tanks of argon. But for 7525, for some reason, I can't get, I can't buy my own tank. So I'm on these leases, and if I'm not welding all year long, I'm paying for mm. a, I'm paying a lease, you know, hundred bucks oh, a year or whatever I got on you. something on a, on a on the same tank that I haven't used in a while. So you just buy your and own then tank. Just, I no, you can't get like the 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 gas supply places don't sell the seventy five twenty five tanks, the argon CO two tanks. So I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm oh, I'm sure I'm gonna get. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm gonna get a whoa. You shouldn't be living with me down in. You know, Pennsylvania or something like that. You know, 
That's a real place, about, by the way, Craig. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that's 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 the only thing. And st- if, between you and me, stay away from uh, FluxCore. It's nothing but problems unless you're on yeah. a job site. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I would say MIG welder is going to cover most of what everybody wants to get done. But if you're trying to get into more complex uh, mosaic Damascus and stuff like that, then you might want to try to do uh, a TIG welder. Um, there are also there are multi-process machines that will do TIG stick and MIG. I don't know if they're necessarily the greatest machines in the world, but we're also like welding isn't, if you're a knife maker, isn't your full-time job. It, you know, you don't need the creme de la creme to get the work done. Um, so even a hmm. multi-process might be something you want to look into. Um, they're all, they're usually a little bit more expensive, but yeah, I would say for them, for most people, MIG is going to be plenty. Um, and TIG is like a bonus. Yeah. Cause then your next door neighbor is going to want you to weld their axle onto their car. Or the oh, yeah, yeah. muffler don't, fell don't off. Do and hey, can you, welding for can anybody. you patch this shit up? Can you patch this shit up for me? And you're yeah, going to get do bike that. stands. And I ever tell you this fucking asshole back in the day asked me to fix his motorcycle welding. I re-welded his motorcycle stand up for him and he was going to give me a bottle of Jameson's for the, for the fucking job. He never fucking gave it to me. Oh boy. Fucking don't do it. Don't do gifts for people. Don't do jobs for people if they're prompt. Don't just, just, I know you didn't ask, but this is the part of the show where I change completely 360 and, (laughs) Um, if you have unsolicited advice, please feel free to send it in the show. Uh, and it's this is the time where I know what you di- I know you didn't ask, but and our first one comes from Broadbeck Ironworks own Ryan Broadbeck, and he said, "I know you didn't ask, but I'm about to change your life forever." When consulting with my uh, tattoo artist about finishing my sleeve, he mentioned that I do something simple around my elbow. I asked him if there was a if um if there was too much movement around that area and would the tattoo hold out over time. Boy was I wrong. Apparently the elbow skin is quite loose and very flexible in exactly the same way as a ball sack, making it difficult <laughs> to get fine details. Essentially, you have a ball sack skin on your elbow. Um I know uh everyone now is resisting touching their elbow and will never look at their elbow the same way, you're welcome. Keep up the awesome podcast, guys. That was from Ryan Broadbeck of Broadbeck Ironworks. <laughs> so where's the tip? Where's Don't the tip get your there? fucking elbow tattooed because it's going to be like a kind of a oh, your ball fucking it's gonna yeah. doodle on <laughs> scrotum. <laughs> We've really fucking, this is, I'm sorry, Holly. We really, we've, you've given us such a great episode and we're following it up with, testicle bull bag jokes um should we that'll be a good time to tell us about your broadback ironworks grinder don't you think well yeah i think it would be tell us about your broadback tell ryan uh, grinder tell ryan and his elbow about his grinders (laughs) we now know what his ball bag looks like if you just take a look at his elbow that's exactly what his ball bag looks like oh god 
Rodbeck Ironworks has a wonderful grinder. Their 2x72 grinder is one of the best around. It goes from horizontal to vertical. It has great uh, long arms. And it has, it has a long platen and great arms. And it's very versatile for your shop, especially if you have a small one. And if you go to uh, broadbeckironworks.com and put in uh, Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off um, their, their grinders. And I love mine. I love mine very much. What do you guys think? Nice. Nice. Any more tips? Uh, yeah. This one comes from Jason Hope. Uh, okay, your massage episode had me in stitches. Oh, <laughs> I gotta, this one, <laughs> this one's good. Uh, God. Uh, a guy at work uh, threw out his back, and after whining for a couple of days, he finally comes back to work, and he was very sheepish and quiet. At the coffee break, he revealed that he had a massive pulsating hard on at the massage parlor this is from a couple episodes ago this is a real episode um i thought it was hilarious later i hammered at our company's christmas party and i pressured him into telling my him i pressured him into telling my wife the story he bashfully tells the story and then adds at the end the worst part is she's praying alarm bells where did you go for this massage the mall and and he says was it a tall lady or a short one it was a short one. Oh no, the massage therapist was my mom. Oh, he was apologetic. <laughs> oh, and I did my oh, best. He's getting a rock on. <laughs> thinking of his mum. Oh. And he was apologetic, and I did my best to block the whole thing from my mind. Shortly after I left the company, ten years later, I get a job, and guess who is the shop foreman? Here's the dilemma: How do I look my bought <laughs> my boss in the eye now that I know this motherfucker got turned on? By my mother. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's that's just embarrassing. <laughs> Get a new job. That's the answer for that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, simple as that. I mean, uh, simple as that. So, uh, whew, that got very awkward. Okay. Uh, rough cut knives. Hey guys, I know you didn't ask, but about uh, Damascus patterns, Alex Steele has suffered several videos on YouTube where he and Will Stelter explain how they cut and re-weld blocks to make a certain pattern. The older stuff Oop. on the channel is very educational. Thanks. Love listening, KTP and TPBP, TFBP, all oh, the full blast podcast. Forever member of the four and a half inch uh, angle grinder community, and I wear my shirt at least once a week, LOL. There you go. Cool. That's probably the end of the show, really, Jesus isn't it? Jesus Christ. I mean, we really, I mean, it was a, this is some way to end. <laughs> let's, let's, let's bring things down a little bit, a little bit more yeah. relaxing. Yeah. Stop thinking about Ryan's ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> Morocco. what's the dream for the week? Dream for the week. Well, it's St. Patrick's Day coming up. Uh, I actually am part so Irish. Paint yourself green and run up. With that. <laughs> I actually am it's Irish. Green... On my mom's <laughs> side, and uh, we're getting the corned beef. We're gonna do. You know, as an adult, I've never done the. You know, the corned beef, cabbage, potatoes, carrots, uh, soda bread kind of dinner. And so uh, we're gonna get some family together, kind of for the first time in a while, and we're gonna all get our get our grub on. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. Corned beef and but cabbage is about as good as it gets. It is banned. It's pretty from fucking good, man. Though. Banned from the household. Bound because it stinks at all. <laughs> oh, it not smells that. Smells like stinky it's feet. The, 
it's the afterwards. It's just like the farts are outrageous. Farty, oh yeah. my god! It's just like I mean, I literally we have I have not had corned beef in probably fifteen years because it was we had some issues. It was you know? So. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds it sounds like fun getting people together, eating, drinking, being merry. Sounds good Farting. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jeff, what have you got? What's the dream? I'm looking forward to nice weather. I'm looking forward to getting some things done um, and some stuff out the door. And I'm looking forward to spending some time. We might do the fire pit this weekend because the weather's so nice. So I'm just looking forward to a nice, relaxing weekend. Oh, but it's Monday, right? I'm looking forward to kicking ass. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> fitting into my fitting into my TikTok leggings. <laughs> What am I looking forward to this week? Ah, I forgot to mention my um, laser that I got very excited about a few months back, which I've used a lot, um, blew up this oh, week. No. Oh, boy. Blew up. And there's been a lot to throw in and find out what's wrong with it. And um, we think it's just the power supply. So I'm hoping that's coming this week. So I'm looking forward to that um, because I've got a number of things waiting to be done. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, I'm also building the bar in the new house, nice. in the pub, which is going to be pretty cool. Um so yeah, I'm just hoping you know everything goes goes to plan that way. Really, nice. um, I think that's a show. I think that's a show. Thank you to everybody for listening. Remember, if you've got any questions, you can always uh, DM them to us. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. Oh, let me do it again. Ready? Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> that's a show. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. I have to apologize. I much prefer this on a Friday night. It's so much better. I have to sure. apologize because we had a week off and I loaded everything up in the show notes like a week and a half ago and i hadn't looked at him until we said hey let's do the what do you think about this part and i'm like reading through i'm like these some of these are like, we haven't touched the questions we've got dozens i know and dozens but like it got, a, it got a little over. bit unnecessary <laughs> especially after like i'm getting all these nice messages about you know from like nick rossi and all these people about, wow what a wonderful job you guys did with holly and i'm like now we're talking about ryan's ball bag and, <laughs> and getting, getting your erection from your mother i'm like god what am i doing oh, so what do we think of this this brand deal are we are we all on board i guess i'm for it i think we could have some fun with it fine i'm sure. with you guys We'll I mean, are they yeah. are they sending product to us to use, or are we just talking about it? <laughs> I don't want to. Hear. I don't. I don't think I have any use for this stuff. Oh. I don't think it's for a review. <laughs> I just think it's. Uh, it, it basically, I mean, they can see the our listenership is like ninety eight percent male. Um, it's after this, a lot. You sure, after this episode, it's ninety nine. Ninety nine point five. <laughs> Holly even turned this motherfucker <laughs> off, and she's a devoted listener. She turned this shit off. Uh, so it it suits the audience, and that's you know that's the only way they look at it. It's just purely a numbers game for them, you know. It you know it would suit the audience, so yeah, it'd be cool. The other thing that I we haven't talked about for a while is um, the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational, whether we're 
still doing that. Um, she's reached out a few times, and I keep meaning to get back to her. Um, I think it only makes sense if we've got knives ourselves, I think, doesn't doesn't it? I, I don't know. Um, I haven't done anything with the Dharma Steel yet, um, still because I'm a little bit scared. Uh. But I, I am going to crack on with it this week, so I will have a knife done by then for that. And I don't know. What do you guys think? I most likely won't have it finished in time, but I would I would love to right. do it. I think it would be fun yeah. if we did an event. But totally. I don't know if I'm okay, yeah. I think it would be fun. Yeah. I, I do think it would be fun. Okay, cool. How would it work? Do you know, would we kind of work that out? Or? Yeah, well, it seems to be. Um, obviously, it's all online this year, like it was last year. Um, and they have, imagine like a Zoom call, but there's like lots of rooms you can go in and out of. So every maker that's been invited... So I think there's 15 makers they have every year. Um, I know Finkel's one of them, and he's got a bunch of knives and so on. Um, they all have like a room. So guests can log on, and they can go in and out of these rooms, they can chat with the people, and you know they can see the knives and, and all that kind of thing. And these are, from what I gather, they're mainly chefs, but obviously a lot of other knife makers, because anybody can attend. Anybody can attend. Um, but what they're saying is that we should have a room as well and do a live show. And then the other makers could then pop into our room and we could talk to them. And yeah, and we, we just goof around, I suppose. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. It could be good. Well the, the biggest, the only sort of problem I could foresee, I think this lasts maybe three or four hours. So whether we have a set time we do it or I, I'm not sure. We need to sort of come up with some sort of idea for that. But I'm sure we could do something. Maybe fun. we could do like a, pre, it would be good if we do like a pre-show. Do the show and then do a post show, because then we could mm. kind of like. I mean, three hours might be long, but it, I, I'm for it. Whatever you guys want to do, I, I'm 100 percent for it. I think it'd be very okay. fun. Okay, I mean, so we could sort of do a show, and you know, we're gonna probably recognize some of the people sort of coming into the room anyway, as you know, listeners or people we follow. Um, so by the looks of things, we can just we can get to sort of just chatting. We can sort of bring them into the chat, that kind of thing as well. Yeah. So she's given me a login to the platform so I can have a play around with it and see what we can do. But it seems to be that way that we can we can sort of, people can join us for the chat and we can certainly do that with the other makers anyway. No. Did you okay. hear, sorry, what were you saying, Marco? I was just going to say take some live questions. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Did you see, um, Chris and and the boys over handmade did a clubhouse. He did a live. I didn't see it. I I heard the episode obviously, but um I I didn't go on the clubhouse for the actual live. Are you so. on clubhouse? No, no. I've been spending less and less time on. on I don't stuff, think I can really. handle one more thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I like the idea um, that they were able to like. The audio was hard because they were getting a lot of feedback and echo. But it yeah. was neat that they could they were they were figuring out ways to interact with the audience. That's the one thing I wish I wish we had a I almost said at one point we should just buy a burner phone and you know and like have call ins. But then, you know or, Yeah. I mean I just don't know how you do it. I mean it. we can do it via via Skype. I mean I could have my Skype open all yeah, but you just, know, throughout and we we can just you know, people can just use the email address and Skype in if they want. And it's up to us then to filter them, you know, if it's the bag of balls, we can just cut them off and carry on. Which could be quite funny. Yeah. It's, it would be it would be fun. To, it would be if we could figure out a way to make it easy. The problem is like with radio shows, they all have a producer who's screening calls, and then they can feed like you'll have a screen in front of you. There's you know guy in line one has you know whatever elephantitis or something yeah. like that. Guy, guy in line <laughs> yeah. two is you know asks a question about this, and then you can kind of like focus it so it's not so random. But I tell you what, there's a funny thing. 
that uh, Howard Stern was playing. He was he, there was an old radio guy who used to do this thing called radio graffiti. And what would happen was he would just basically clear the decks of the phone lines. He would pick up every single line and he would say radio graffiti. And then you would have to, and then the person on the line would say whatever they had. So he'd just go one after the other, and, you know, like bingo, bango, bongo, get every single one. And people would say, you know, they'd say something, you know, everyone would say something crazy, but it was like this kind of neat, it was just kind of everything about it was just so, it looked so fun. Like chat roulette. Yeah, like chat roulette. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know how we I, do I think it could be fun if we did if we just put the Skype address out and I had it open throughout the whole show and if anybody dialed in we you know we essentially patched them in like they would on a radio show and if if it's shit we can just cut them off and I think that could be funny in itself. I think why don't we give it a whirl sometime? Give it a whirl sometime. Okay. Yeah. Craig, get this motherfucker yeah. off my phone. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think it could be funny and I, there's no doubt some people who are listening will intentionally come on to be provocative or to do something and we can just cut them off and at the end of the day it's you know it's we're not putting it out live so we can always edit it out afterwards if it's really bad but i think it could be funny it would be fun to do them anyway we call it knife talk roulette something like that (laughs) exactly yeah yeah it could be fun let's let's do it then for next week i'll i'll advertise uh, like a skype i'll set up a skype address specifically for the show i'll have it open throughout the show Especially this time of day, because we're doing a different. Before when we tried it, we, it was like nine a.m. or earlier, wasn't it, in the states? <laughs> Nobody's getting up in the morning saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call up and give my dick joke at seven a.m. on a Sunday." But I'm thinking Friday afternoon, people are in a different mood. It could be fun. We could get some sort of in, fun interactions. You're, maybe yeah. it's gonna. Be, you know, the funny part is really gonna be you, you giggling, seeing all the things people are saying. <laughs> I don't know how you'd figure out what people are gonna talk about. Like, do they in the Skype? Can they type in? They're different things, or well, no, we'd we'd actually bring it'd be like a phone call. It's like, uh, hi, who's this? Pop up my phone, and all I'd know is their email address, and we'd just say accept. And they're also their audio. They're they're on the show, like like the three of us. They'd be just another person. Um, yeah, and if they're shit, we we just literally I can I can press one button and get rid of them. It's and I think that could be the funny part. I think it would be really fun. It would be. A, We'd have to figure. We'd have to give people an idea of the time to go in. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. I it, we would kind of we want. We've got to prep people though, like prep them to know what you know, like you know, you got to prep them a little bit. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Am I on the air? Hello. <laughs> Can you hear this, me? Can anybody hear me? Well, I can't actually do that. I have got the facility here on this board to mute myself so I can speak to any other person that you guys wouldn't hear it. So I could do that sort of whole thing, then bring them in. Um, but whilst that's happening, I don't know what's going on anyway. We would have to have the cameras so, up so we can kind of watch each other's cues, maybe like stick a finger up in the air and and say, <laughs> say all right, line two, welcome to Knife Talk. Who's this? Hi, who's this? Yeah, and I just think we're just brash with it if we literally just say, Craig, get rid of him. Oh, you know, okay, yeah. we've had enough yeah. now. You're boring me. <laughs> oh, bye bye. <laughs> you know, and that could be the funny oh, bit. I really do think. Asshole. It's great. <laughs> Fucking love it. So how are we? How would we right. promote? How would we promote? Is this now that people kind of know that we're they're listening now? So like Friday at around four o'clock, three thirty, three o'clock, four o'clock, at uh at Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Um. What's this? 11 p.m. sort of Paris time, so there's 10 p.m. on a Friday if you're in the UK. 
And what are you there, Mareko? Uh, it's almost two here. So we started at noon, my time. Noon to two is usually when we're okay. doing the podcast here. Maybe we'll put it on, yeah. like, maybe we could do, like, Instagram stories when we're starting in. You know, do an Instagram yeah. stories with the the uh, Skype address. Yeah, and we could even go live 20 minutes before the show and just say, look, we're going live in 20 okay. minutes. Get any questions you've got ready and Skype Skype in. You'll be live on the show kind of I love thing. it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I used to listen to it. Adam Carolla's podcast a lot, and what they would take live phone calls, and they would put out on Twitter, which I don't think we would use. We would just use our Instagram probably would make the most sense and just let mm. people know they're taking phone calls starting at such and such time or in such and such window. And and that's how people knew when to try to reach out and call in. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. We can, the way this works is, so this, this sort of production board thing that I've got connects to my phone. So whether whether you're using Skype or, I don't really want to put my phone no, number on there. No. I don't want people really crazy. Me. <laughs> you know, you can get um, Diego LaPen so, telling you about his pizza. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan's going to be talking about his ball bag. Just kidding. But I could set up a, or even better, um, Instagram um, for Knife Talk. If I'm logged into Instagram Knife Talk, people can make calls now, can't they? That's probably the easiest way, isn't it? Oh, and just like hold hold your phone up to the mic? No, I don't need to because my phone connects my Bluetooth to the board. So that's all fine. Oh, cool. But, you know, f- for, for a listener, if they want to drop into the show, they could just make a call to us via Instagram. Wow. That makes and, sense. And, and, and it, how does it come through the board? Oh, it's it, seamless. It's it's all good. So you wouldn't hear it from my phone. You'd hear it, you know, through the board as if it's a microphone. You, it, so be it fine. should wow. sound great. Yeah, it should sound really good. Yeah. That's, that's the way to it. do it. Just give us a call on Instagram. What a production, what a production meeting we're having. We didn't even think that we didn't even think anything was going to happen. Talk about your drink, mixed drinks. That's the way to do it because, yeah, because then they're on Instagram anyway. We know that. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Cool. Oh my god. There that's we go. Hilarious. That's how the pros do it. That's how the pro- <laughs> yeah. This is a show meeting. We're doing a great job. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe this will be a thing. We can set like a amount of time. <sighs> We're going to figure something out in terms of like how we should be a knife question. should be a nonsense question. Should it be just whatever, but time to let's take some phone calls. I don't think we're going to be inundated. I think we get one or two calls a show. Great. And the thing is, I don't have to pick up if we've had one or two, that's enough. I don't have to pick up, you you know, knife talk roulette. Yeah. Taking calls. (laughs) Knife talk roulette. That's what it's called. Knife talk roulette. I like it. There you go. Be a star of the show. (laughs) Hi, who's this? (laughs) Hi, I'm, I'm from Kentucky, Pennsylvania. Love it. Love it. Let me... If, if you, oh, my phone's dead. I was going to say, let's do it now quickly, just to tell my phone's dead. I can't. Oh. But yeah, it'll work fine. I know oh, it will. It'll, you it'll had me fine. going. That would be unbelievable <laughs> if, we could, if we could try it out now. Why don't we try it out? I, I got no charger with me. Um, no, I can't. I can't connect. I mean, I could. I mean, how? Um, I, yeah, it only works because it'll plug in through your the board. So. Yeah, it'll work. There's, there's, that's right. what it does. I mean, we've done we've done calls in the past where people have um, skyped to my phone and I just come <laughs> through like the board. Professor, and just, yeah. topless professor. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see his man boobs on his bed. Yeah, Dude, that was the craziest <laughs> thing because he seemed like such a serious professor. And then yeah. you described him without laughing, 
Did he, it was like it was. I guess it was what seven o'clock on a on a Sunday morning, and he yeah. was sitting at the desk without a shirt on. With Wasn't a he in bed yeah, in his bedroom? So you can see that you can see the bed behind him. He's sitting there without his shirt on, and he was quite a, quite a big lad. He, was, <laughs> he, he wasn't slight, and he's chugging like this, like five gallon bottle of coke as well. Big gulp. Talking about it this. was unbelievable. God bless him. God bless him. You know the guy off The Simpsons with the ponytail in the comic yeah. shop. Picture <laughs> that with his top off in his bedroom making Skype calls. So good. Oh my god. <laughs> It's going to be so fun. I'm sure he doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, I've got to go. I've got that to go. It's fun, Friday guys. night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I shall speak to you all in all the right. week. Uh, yeah. Nice one. Cheers. Bye. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.